Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse. I'm so delighted today. Have you ever watched somebody throughout your childhood and your growing up years and listened to their music and went absolutely out of your mind that almost everything they wrote and played and sang you were so excited about and you'd share it with your friends? I'm delighted to tell you today we have uh, an incredible singer-songwriter, musician, the founder of the Young Rascals, who also became the Rascals. Uh, he is the author of the book, Felix Cavallari, A Memoir of a Rascal, which you should all pick up. I just want to tell you a little bit about him. I have read his book from start to finish. He, is the, he has been inducted and his band into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You're not going to believe the list here. The Musicians Hall of Fame, the Vocal Gap Hall of Fame, the Songwriters Hall of Fame, the Grammy Hall of Fame, the Hammond Hall of Fame. I think if I can read this and I understand it has something to do with Freedom of Speech Award. In the 60s, there was tremendous racism, segregation, there was fighting, there were wars, there were assassinations of presidents and peace leaders like Martin Luther King. And it's not a popular thing to stand up to the record producers, the music studios. And he stood up and insisted that uh, black musicians would open or close with his band. He's a man that is a rare gem in the industry for standing up to things when it's unpopular but necessary and the right thing to do. It is with great pleasure and a great honor to welcome Felix Cavallari to its Rainmaking Time. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you. Good to see you. Yeah. Good to see you, too. Good to meet you. All right. Let's start out with all my notes from your yes. book. You had the, the privilege and the great, uh, not only good luck, but the blessing to have a record studio, uh, Atlantic Records, work with you, bless you, give you free studio time, really support and empower your career. It was an unheard of thing at the time. You had remarkable people working with you that really knew what they were doing, like Arif Martin and Tom Dowd, which you spoke so highly about, whose contributions are and will be timeless. Right. However, at the same time, this is at a time when payola was popular, paying off the radio stations was popular. If you didn't get on the radio station, people didn't hear your music. It was a complex time, and yet you endured what seems like the impossible. I'd like you to just share a little bit about your experience of how music has changed in your awareness today versus when you started The Young Rascals. Well, if you mean as far as the business uh, the business of music, yes. Well, uh, it's interesting that you, you you said payola, you know, because what is payola? Well, in the old days, you paid or somebody paid a radio station to play your music. Now, here we go, 2023. That's called advertising. That's all it is. So in other words, the, the powers that be today have got a new trick. How about if I buy five minutes of time and you play my record? It's no difference. They found a way to do it legally. So I'm, unfortunately, uh, I don't mean to let the cat out of the bag, but advertising is uh, is running our business. And if you want to hit record, advertise. It's just like any other product. If I come up with a cornflake, I'm going to have to let you know that it's there. You know, and the only way. Hold on one second. You just froze, Felix. Hold on one second. 
I don't know why, but your feed just froze. It's probably talking about payola. Don't worry, but it is funny, though. You talked about payola and that somebody shut you off from above. Okay, anyway, <laughs> you call, you'll call in again on the same line. All right, thank you. All right, all right, bye-bye. Hello. <laughs> Are we back? I'm okay. back. I'm, I'm, I'm on yeah, my it's iPhone. Gonna, so it, it it's going to look a little different. Weird. God help. Yeah, it's going to look a little a little bit different. Although I love seeing the whole studio behind you, too, and the colors and everything. But uh, that's okay. Things crash. Are you with a Mac you, or Windows? Can you see me all right, though? I can, I can see you. I can see you. Yeah. All right. I can see you. It is a different. Like it is. It is a different look, I will tell you. And the, and the bright lights in the back are very much in the screen. Did you know that? Hold on, let there me you get go. rid of those. Oh, my God, it's a lot of action. I feel like I'm on LSD, even though I've never taken it. <laughs> well, how do you know that, then? You don't know the uh, Well, I've been told. Truth. I've been told. People see light. They see a lot of different things. I don't know. One second. I'm sorry. That happened to me the other day. I was on a, a I hope I'm losing talk. time. Oh, my God. <laughs> don't worry about the time. All right. Okay. Uh, all right, your sister's there. We got to surprise your sister. Okay. Well, you know, I she, I don't yeah. see her too often, even though she lives uh, yeah. like four hours away. But yeah. anyway, how's that? Is that All better? Right. All right. That's better. That's better. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we were, Felix and I were discussing payola and something above us sent a, a, a thunderbolt in and he got knocked off. But he's now on his iPhone. Thank you to Apple. But uh, let's see here. So. Basically, yes, it's about advertising, but there's a there's another part which is now today, uh, the music industry is so different that that anybody just speaking, just like anybody can open their mouth and do a podcast, so it's way more competitive, and there's less access. And I don't know if you have an issue with this, but I want to ask you this personally: when you hear anything on the radio now, do you notice they don't announce who you just heard anymore? They used to announce who was there. Correct. Now the artists are not getting the benefit of of actually saying, and that was Felix Cavallari. Nothing. You don't hear anything. How is that possible? Well, I think there's some some rule that they've uh, they've instilled to do that. I, I I do remember hearing about that a while. It's been a long time, but you know, like I say, the you know the question that you asked. I mean, it, it, there's so much, so many answers to it. I mean, for example, technology. You know, uh, in, in our day, uh, we, Atlantic Records, were the only eight-track studio in existence. Now, there was one other, was Les Paul. I don't know if you, your viewers know, know Les Paul. Before my time. I know. But Les <laughs> Paul it, it developed an eight-track studio with Atlantic. Everybody else. Now, I'm talking about. four, right? Four? We're on four. Now, you think about that. You got four channels. Today we have unlimited channels. I can record on my computer endlessly. I mean, unless your computer is real tiny, teeny, I could have two hundred tracks, four tracks. All that music was made on. I mean, that shows you That's the amazing. talent, the talent that those people who pushed those buttons and put those microphones on had to make that sound like that. And you know, from a technical point of view, it was it was quite a challenge. That also includes like what we call auto tune. Now what does I don't that know mean? if you know what well auto tune means you don't have to sing. I'll make you sing. Okay, forget that one. <laughs> oh yeah, you think? <laughs> now we have even even worse, we have AI. In other words, when 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 
when you when when you have a singer on a microphone and the singer makes a mistake, I can fix it. But not only can I fix it, I can I can fix syllables. Syllables. So in other words, if Maybe I, I say, should do audio books and come to your house, <laughs> I'm telling you, well, you know, seriously, it's amazing. So what am I saying here? Well, I'm saying that with all due respect, the older artists were really good. I agree with you, by the way. There are so many. Oh, my God. We don't. And if they that. weren't we good, you never were out. But I mean, that, that's some of the differences. I mean, and, and, and you know, it, it it's really interesting. I mean. For example, I've got you see some of these keyboards that are around here. These these keyboards, they're amazing what I can play on this keyboard. I can play the Mormon Tabernacle Choir with my hands. Why? Because they have a thing called sampling. Sampling is like, for want of a better word, recording that particular instrument or sound and putting it on a keyboard so I can actually play it. I mean, it's it's magical. It's amazing, you know. And so, you know, I, I can have strings. I can have drums in my hand. I can. It's different. But these these young people today, that's that's their instrument. They have whole whole the computers, whole orchestras. So yeah, it's. Uh, let me sum it up like this. You know, I, I studied for many years, as you know, with the from the book with a guru. You know, and Mommy, they used to ask is it Sachananda? How do you pronounce his last name? That Chid Ananda, Sachidananda. Sachidananda. It's a given. It's given. It's a given name. They they give him a name, uh, because when you become a monk, you're supposed to give up everything, including your name, and get a new one. Did he know Muktananda? I know absolutely. Yeah, that was my guru. You're kidding. No, no Swami I'm, I'm to, I, you know I was in the city yoga, and then when he passed away, it took many years later, uh, Tiknahan, but he just passed about a year and a half ago. From well, you know, I mean, it's interesting how how these 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 men, you know, who have really helped our generations, you know, over the years to stay sane. They brought in meditation. They brought in yoga. They brought in mindfulness. They brought in brought in practices. They brought they brought in the ancient ancient knowledge too. Well, you know, it's still kind of here, you know what I mean? Because uh, well, everybody thinks yoga is exercises, you know, that's the interesting thing. <laughs> but anyway, as I was going to say, there's good and bad and everything. Just sum it up real quick. I, I love the new technology. I, I'm a real big fan of it. As far as the industry, it's, 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 it's a whole different world now. Whole different world. Now, uh, you know, I mean, like I say, uh, that's the way it is. What are you going to do, you know? And even um, there was something that I read I, in, uh, in the book that I really kind of made me sad. I want to bring it up because it's very important for all artists, and you've been through it, and so is the group. The music publishing rights are not a priority, even when you have written the songs and sung them and had record deals with them. What, what happened to your music rights and what happens to artists' music rights? I know it's a sensitive subject, but it's very important. The publishing rights, what happened? Copyright. Well, uh, basically, uh, nothing really changed. It's just that, the, you know, that the, the, the people... See, uh, it, I, I really think that, that the people who come into the music business are more aware than a lot of us were in, in the early days. It, it, let me just preface it by saying this. The reason that Paul McCartney is a billionaire is because of his. He bought up the. 
He bought up, didn't he buy up uh, all of Michael Jackson's stuff? And that was well, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson owned his, owned, owned right. Paul's. But I was going to say, to sum okay. it up, is his publisher. In other words, your songs are worth money. You know, everybody knows that, including the record companies and the people who buy it. So really, I mean, it, you, you want to keep your publishing as long as you can. Very difficult. Very difficult because, well, it's, it's like these people here that, you know, like there's a housing boom in Nashville, Tennessee right now, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you want to sell your land? You know, we'll buy it. Well, you're not going to get that land back. It's the same thing. See, and especially if you have partners, which is what happened in my case, you know, because we were we were all, you know, considered equal partners in, in our agreement. One uh, people want to sell the public. Never sell your publishing unless you have to, because that's where the money is. I was offered three and a half million for the library of its rainmaking time in 2014, and I declined it. It made me sick, the offer. And um because the people who didn't know I, I wanted to set up a totally different kind of broadcast network. And they said, oh, it can fund your network. No, not really, but, you know, and I said, well, I know what I have, and it's for this and future generations. I, I can't do it. This is really? not about That's me. amazing. Well, good it for you. It was very I, painful, very painful, you know. Well, you know, as I say, the subject is, is very simply explained by that's where the money is. Now, you can sell product. I mean, you could make money off a product, but let's let's face it: the amount of of albums and things that sell today, unless you're Taylor Swift, uh, you know Garth or Beyonce, is minuscule compared to what it used to be. You know, you used yeah. to sell two million, three million albums. No, 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 no. Uh, only a few people do that, so you don't make any money off of that. The 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 broadcasting rights have been really watered down. You know, as far as Spotify and Apple Music. However, a song is worth a lot. It's not as worth as much as it used to be, but it's still worth a lot. At a time when artists, many artists like Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra, Perry Como, at that time, they didn't write their own music. Um, it was very different. I think the public has no idea like where it was, where it really was. Also, not only a lot of artists didn't write their music, when you went on stage, you had to gr bring all your stuff up. You had to get yourself there. It was not anything like people helping you bring your Hammond organ on stage and all that kind of stuff. You had to you had to do a lot of the legwork. Explain to uh, the audience a little bit about the, that. Artists didn't write their own th their own music. It was more common. It was a different world. I mean, you know, basically that's uh, you know, it's part of what the, that those that songwriters hall of fame is all about. You know, there was a group of people who were songwriters. Some people, like Neil Diamond, Carol King, decided to take their songwriting and become artists, and it paid off and did very well. Some people should have stayed in the songwriting thing because they can't sing. <laughs> but but anyway, so in, <laughs> in other words, when, when I first started, I had a singing group. I had a singing group uh, in high school. I, I would go down to New York City and I would uh, go to the place called the Brill Building where the songwriters worked. And we'd look for songs. See, then along came people like Bob Dylan, uh, Paul McCartney. Laura Nero. Laura Nero, dear friend of mine. Uh, Boy, was she incredible. Oh, my God. But the point is they're writing their own yeah. songs. Yeah. Well, this kind of defined a whole new industry 
uh, Paul Simon, you know, Love is Spoonful. So now that became a, the new norm. I don't think it's the norm anymore, but it used to be. So in other words, if you're a singer, songwriter, okay, you play your own songs. Now, a lot of people, a lot of recording artists, a lot of young artists, that could be a real downfall for them because evidently not everybody can write hit songs. Not everybody can write good songs. So sometimes it's a stumbling block. But if 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 you want to write and you want to record, that's where it's at. But yeah, it was a different world than it is today. And 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 uh, publishing was big then. It's still big now. I also noticed that Groovin, for example, was remade by other artists. Your hit Groovin. And Kenny Rankin, by the way, did a beautiful job uh, with. Yeah, he was a love, beautiful, lovely, beautiful, soft. Guy, yeah, yeah, he died too young, Kenny Rankin. Yeah, Kenny very young. Rankin. Yeah, good, good man. And, um, and good, good version. I liked what he did. And isn't it a compliment to artists when other artists take Absolutely. their music and do Absolutely. it? Absolutely, it's an honor. Let's talk a little bit about your mom and dad. Because that's that's where we all start and come from. You lost your mom very young. Yeah. Your dad was a dentist. And um, I had no idea, being from an Italian family, that you went through uh, prejudice as a young younger person, that you noticed prejudice in your family about that. Speak about that, because that has an impact on our life. And your work is so soulful, and you bring together, uh, you bring people together and bring togetherness in as a part of what you do. What happened? Tell the audience what happened. Well, basically what happened is my parents, you know, they were they were uh, medical people, you know. As a matter of fact, they wanted me to be, you know, a doctor. I, I started off that way. Uh, <laughs> they decided uh, my father came from the Bronx, New York. My mom came from uh, Manhattan. They decided that they were going to move to a, a suburb uh, in Westchester County, I think primarily, I don't know if it was safety as a factor or education. I think it was mostly education because schools were so good up there. And they wanted my sister and I to have good education. So we moved to a town called Pelham, P-E-L-H-A-M. I really believe that minority is not even the word. I don't think there were any other Italians in the whole town, you know. Uh, and uh, a series of events happened, which, as, as you know, I put in the book. Uh, right. You know, my my mother, you know, was a professional man. She was a professional woman. Excuse me. She, she, um, she was, she <laughs> was actually sl- head- slapped you from heaven. <laughs> I know. Yeah, she, I know. Well, God a, help us all today, right? <laughs> she was in charge of a, of, of a, of a hospital in New York, uh, pharmacy in the forties, which was unheard of for a female. And I'm sure she would have been an MD if, if it was a little easier for women to get into yeah. school. Uh, yeah. so well, she wanted to join this particular club. Uh, you know, just to be part of the whatever was going on in that town. And so they they uh, they they said, well, sure, ma'am, you could come in and you could serve the food. Well, I got a little ticked off at that, you know, and I've stayed ticked off until now. <laughs> uh, and and what, why, what, what are you talking about? In other words, like, she, you, you, do you have a master's degree? Are, are, are you are you better than me? Oh, you're better than me. I see. Well, that that started the trigger in me, and it, it hit a nerve. Uh, that unfortunately continued for a long time. I I mean, it's just, it's still there, it's still there in me, and it's still there in our in our country, which is sad. 
it's really sad because it just shows that 2023 we haven't evolved. We really haven't evolved that much. So okay, I'm I'm, I'm get, going to get off my platform now. But you asked a question. It really yeah. ticked me off. But was there an Italian thing having to do with being Italian in there, or not really? It was more. Well, I, I think uh, people just don't. I just people think people just don't like anybody. <laughs> that's different. I really you think know, you know because I don't think they like anyone that's different. Seriously, it seems to me I've done a lot of traveling as you have that in some ways things are more diversified, better. There's more acclimation to meeting people from different cultures, different countries, uh, different religions and all that. Uh, As the situation gets more polarized in the world, however it does in the many areas it's happening, uh, those, uh, those things that are, you know, like down there in the subconscious are coming to surface and being magnified. That's what I think you're talking about, right? Like it was always there, but, you know. Anyway, back to the ranch, Felix. Um, you uh, you have worked with so many other remarkable people. Tom Jones, what Billy Billy Preston, Billy Preston, Billy Joel, Won- Billy Joel, Stevie Wonder. Ever Stevie Wonder? Yeah, we 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 shared the same stages with a lot of people. I, I when I did the book, I, I I put a page together of all the people oh my. that I've been with, and uh, it's staggering. It's staggering. It's, it's absolutely- fun too. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, I, I, we, we, we actually did a television show with Bing Crosby and Andy Williams. For those people who don't know who they are, tell them who they are. <laughs> well, if you don't know who they are, that's okay. But the that, list that's goes why you on have to read these books. <laughs> Mahalia Jackson. Uh, I mean, seriously, you know, these people had television shows, or they were guests on television shows, and that's what was available, you know. And, and so we did them, you know. And, um, you know, it, it's really amazing, like, uh, it, you know, uh, it, when, when you when you think about how many people you've been on stage with, you know, and uh, enjoy, I mean, enjoyed, enjoyed meeting them. You know, a lot of times you meet people, huh, I wish I didn't meet that person, but a lot of times you meet some real gems. You know, you were t- talking earlier briefly about tennis, you know, uh, one of my dear friends. Uh, was chairman uh, was 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 the head of of the tennis association for many years. I met Martina, I met Chrissy Everett, I met uh, mm-hmm. so many greats, and uh, I'm still a big fan. You know, I mean, I I try to get to the to the open whenever I can. You know, uh, some of them are really nice people. You know, they really are. Yeah, a lot of them have remained very nice too. Very like humble, even in their greatness and their master mastery. You know, it's it's a lot of uh, fun. You know, as I say, because I think musicians and athletes have a, a mutual admiration society for one another. Uh, they want to play, and I want to play. You know, but, yeah. John John Sebastian talked about you though, and talked about at a time when you and the Rascals were coming into your own about how competitive bands were. Like they weren't really friends with each other at that time. I thought that was interesting. I would have thought it would be the opposite, but it wasn't, right? Well, it, I, I think it's still like that. I mean, you know, when you get on stage with another band, I mean, like you, you want to make sure that you do, you do, you do just as good, if not better. John's one of my dear friends, and I love him dearly, man. Great guy. But yeah, in those days, there was a competition uh, between. Uh, you know, the uh, then and now, you know, which is, you know, interesting enough, the name of my new album, Then and Now. Then and Now is really interesting. Yeah, but, uh, you know, as as I say, they, they had downtown, 
like the village, the folk. And we had Uptown, which is kind of the dance R&B. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just so much fun, man. I mean, like I say, that rivalry, I'm sure that exists today. I'm sure it's the same thing with, you know, groups that come from a, an area. Mm-hmm. You talk about also in the book about there's this section. First of all, w- one of the other things that was delightful to me about the book, Felix, is that you you never put people down in the book. In other words, you carefully said in a nice way, uh, you didn't particularly care for blank, but you never spoke ill of the people that you noticed throughout your life. I like that. That was like a universal thing I noticed. And you gave a lot of gratitude to the people who made a huge contribution to you and good people in there, which I loved. But one of the things you said was record executives can be wrong in identifying what will be a hit and what won't be a hit. And at that, at that particular time, you were talking about Jerry Wexler and Groovin and uh, that uh, there was a, like a disc jockey that took a liking to this and really rain ma- did the rainmaking for it to get it on the air. Talk a little bit about that, because uh, musicians are going to have issues with and from time to time have a total different vision and sense of a hit. Well, start at the beginning of your conversation. Your guru probably told you, if you don't have anything good to say about somebody, don't say anything. Yeah, that stuck with me. You know, that's a good idea. You know, what, what good is it going to do to say something bad about anybody? I mean, like I say, the press takes care of all of that, the media. Boy, they let you know when somebody's <laughs> a jerk. Uh, the, the classic answer for that question is, and, and, and I'm sure that anybody that wants to Google, how many record labels turned down the Beatles? How many, by the way? How many? I know one. I know one that will remain in infamy. That was Decca. They'll never oh make God. it. Yeah. Well, that that's very, very common in our industry. I mean, you'd be surprised because, you know, after all, who knows? You know, that's a very subjective thing. What's a hit? The public decide what's a hit. You know, they can guess. But I mean, look, look what the record companies do and did. They, they do these test playings for people, you know, and they get their vote. You know, they want to know who we who are we going to elect next November? They, 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 they don't trust their own ears. So it's it's a matter of opinion. And, and you know, like I say, it's OK to be wrong, you know, but if you're the artist, you, you're up against that, you know, and, you know, sometimes they say, well, like, for example, when we did, the, we, you mentioned grooving. How come you guys don't have a drum and grooving? Aren't you a rock and roll band? Yeah, I guess from a business point, you could say like, you know, yeah. But you know what? We live in New York City. There's a lot of Latin people here, man. They really like that conga drum, don't they? So he was wrong about that. Probably was right about a thousand other things. But that's what makes the world go round. I want to share something with you that I notice as I've been doing its rainmaking time and I've come in and out of it in my lifetime, which is when I go to sync music to like a, a, a special, uh, and I usually try to do it in a way that it enhances or opens the space for the dialogue and closes the space and completes it. I've noticed it is if there weren't some platforms that allowed the average person to license music, usually by people not known, by the way, who are fabulous and not known. Um, 
I feel like there's some type of a stronghold that's so serious in, in, in music licensing. I can't believe the stronghold. It's as strong, it is as severe as the stronghold in licensing images. And I want to tell you this one thing, and then I st- I'm going to stop let you finish. I did an interview with a guy that, that was hired by NSA uh, to do something called controlled remote viewing. And he had, it, was a, it, was a, it was a secret spy agency out of Maryland at Army Intelligence, Lynn Buchanan. So there was at one point I was talking about his level in it is at the level of a Bruce Lee. I'm just referencing Bruce Lee. So I went to license a quick picture to put up for three, three seconds of Bruce Lee because for people who didn't know him. Weeks went by. I had to go through Getty Images. It's $500 a month the rest of your life. The rest of your life to show three seconds, okay? It didn't matter, or more, or more, online, okay? I got so upset. I called him up. I said, this is insane. All I'm doing is referencing the guy. You know, and by the way, and I totally respect people that take photographs, imaging. I'm a creative myself. I totally get it. It's not about that. It's about what has happened in the domain of licensing. There's a stronghold, and it's in music, and it's in imaging, and I'm sure it's in other things. So I ended up finding one open source, the only one. (laughs) Great. It took me a month, and I used that. I was so mad. But I imagine, and I want to say to you, in today's day and age, I believe, and I would put a ton of money of whatever I had on it, If music licensing were to be courageous enough to open it up, okay, where the the actual creative, the musician, the writer would approve the use of it, whatever, however many seconds, online or whatever, how else are people going to be heard? How else are they going to be heard? Not on the radio and very rarely on the radio. In an elevator, it's not the same anymore. I feel this is the domain of entry to start to let more artists, more musicians and writers be heard. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, no, uh, it's just that's kind of like I I was not aware of that, uh, what you're saying as far as with the imagery. Uh, I am aware, you know, as far as from the music point of view. And there there are certain rules, uh, basically, like, for example, if somebody, excuse my phone, if somebody, if somebody uh, wants to re-record a song uh, and and use that, what they call sampling, you're familiar with sampling? No. In other words, like a lot of the rap artists took uh, uh, other people's music and they, and they actually use the recording, part of the recording or part of the beat. Like underneath? Yeah. Yeah. They have to get Mm -hmm. permission. Understood. And have to get from, from a the publisher. That's why publishing is so important. You know, in some cases they have to get if they want to make any change, like for example to the lyric, they got to get permission from the writers. You know, so there is there is some control factor, but for the most part, you know, if you're not using it for, I mean, if you're not using it for you know sale. It's kind of silly, isn't it? I mean, you know, you show somebody's picture, you got to pay for the picture because you showed it. I, I'm sorry. I I have. I, I, I was so I upset. Have. I was so upset. But you can show my picture whenever you want. Yeah. Thank. Well, that's why it's funny when I when I communicated with your uh, publicity person, Melissa. 
It's one of the things because I have a due diligence company and I have a rainmaking company as well. So I said, even though she gave, you know, in an email, it was okay to use these images, right? And it's okay to use this music if you open it. I still went back into several emails because when I interviewed Tommy James, they gave me permission to use Crystal Blue Persuasion in 2014 before I left to live in Europe. Do you know that that YouTube went retroactively back, took it off and said I was violating, violating copyright? I had to go back to his person, a couple of people. There was a couple of people in between this and they would... I never got a written thing. They talked to some mysterious person behind the scenes and it was brought back. Then five years later, it happened again. Wow. Well, you know, uh, in many cases, he, meaning Tommy, didn't yeah. know anything you're talking about. He had no idea. I'm sure he had no yeah. idea. No, I know. And I'm not even blaming Tommy. Who, I who loved owns interviewing it? Who him. owns it? Who controls well, it? Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, this happened also with Joseph Corielli, who's a wonderful musician, uh, composer, and arranger. He's worked with thousands of people at your level. And he owned his own publishing, gave me the right to use it. And YouTube still gave me a hard time and went back retroactively. So even when you do the right thing, you're still getting friction for whatever reason by these controllers. Anyway, I wanted you to know this. It's well, you see, it, 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 the same thing happens to, to us as, as writers and publishers. See, what we do, we, like the people who are with ASCAP and BMI, yes, you, you yes. know about those. We, we, yes. we, <laughs> we have to go down to uh, Congress to lobby to let those people know behind the desks that we need some help, man. You see these things you're talking about? They affect us. You know, in big ways, I, I kind of enjoy going down there and talking to some of the senators and, oh, and representatives <laughs> because some of them are so smart and some of them are so stupid. I can't even believe they're sitting down. I oh, mean, I it, they don't they don't even know they don't even know what we're talking about. You know, this is a thing. You know, I mean, seriously, it, it's it's just one of those things that have to do with money and control. Don't you think control over the artistry and you're, you're going to fight Google? Good luck. Yeah, it's just the way it is. You know what I mean? Like, no, no. I mean, there, there's no fight. It's just, it's something that I believe in life. There's a consciousness when we go into an ecosystem. And that consciousness and the protocols that are there rule the thing, whatever it is. And so I just know that that environment is not a stable environment for a, a lot of my other work, too. But th that's a whole other thing, you know. Uh, th th I'm looking forward to new platforms coming, uh, particularly the one I'm working on. Anyway, every single child and teenager and young adult is dealing with their own individuation, becoming who they are to become. Your dad wanted something very different for you and your mom, but then you lost your mom young. Then to become a musician, and yet as you be came into who you are, he was supportive of you. Can you just speak a little bit about that? Well, yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you got to get your father's permission to do something, but that's called respect, you know, and, and a lot of the families that, you know, basically I came up with, we, we show respect to our elders, you know. Uh, you don't need the permission, but you want the permission, you know. Uh, you know, one of the reasons that I wrote the book basically uh, is is because I just wanted people, you know, who are in school and 
think they know what they're doing and where they're going. You never know what you're going to do. I, I had no idea I was going to be a musician. I mean, I, I knew I was going to be a classical musician, which is what my mom wanted me to be. Uh, and, you know, at that time, there was not a lot of like career paths being a musician. You know, after, until Led Zeppelin, there was not a lot of money for artists and writers and things like that. It was not a big deal. Then it became a big deal because the entire world hooked up internationally to selling product. You know, when we were on Atlantic, we had a different record company in almost every country of the world. It was impossible. When they were on Atlantic, it was bought by Warner Brothers, who was already international. The only international company that I was aware of was Columbia. So long story short, you know, when I when I went on my summer job gig, as they say, down in the Catskill Mountains, and it's in the book. You probably know the story. Joey D came in, saw me, invited me to go to Europe with them because their organ player quit. Lo and behold, the opening band for Joey was the Beatles. The Beatles were opening up. The who? No, no, the Beatles. What? That kind of said, well, wow, I could do this. I mean, I, we didn't know that they were giant monster songwriters, best ever lived. You know, we just, I just was able to hear as I could do this. I changed my path. And fortunately, you know, my father, you know, he said, yeah, give it a try. And this is the best line of all. Give, take a year off and see what you can do. Anybody that can make it in a year, I want to meet them. But anyway, at least he gave me that. And I always, always was appreciative of that. What do your children think about the fact that you're still working, you're still singing, you're still writing, and you're still involved? Do they know how rare that is at this time <laughs> in your person's life? Do they get it? I think they get it. Yeah, they, they, uh, they understand, you know, I mean, I mean, one of the things when you lose a parent, when you lose and, and I know a lot of people, I mean, you know, John Lennon, uh, Paul McCartney, they all lost parents as well. You have a tendency to keep yourself in better shape than most people, because first of all, you don't want that to happen to your kids because they're without they're without one of their parents. So, yeah, I work pretty hard. And then, of course, we go back to the yoga. I mean, you know, Swami kept me in pretty good shape, man. I mean, he said, you know. His, his famous line was, you Americans, boy, boy, if, we, if I could give you a pill to do all this, you take it. I said, absolutely. In one minute, he <laughs> said, there's no pill. No. The reincarnation pill, too. <laughs> exactly. Then, but he did teach us basically that mentally, physically and spiritually, you got to keep working, you know. And so fortunately, the physically and the mentally has kept up with me. And, and I'm blessed to be able to do it. And I know that. I also want to say that I really enjoyed the way you spoke about the realities for you in the band that were very difficult and very hard on you and very agonizing throughout time. And also how you loved your bandmates and, you know, that you had a brotherhood with your bandmates. But at the same time, there was a lot of suffering, too. There was suffering, too. There was pain. And I didn't realize that you really... Uh, not only started this band, but you you led this band. You were like the prime mover of this band, the Young Rascals, and then became the Rascals, right? Well, it's the truth, you know, and uh, the truth is that, uh, you, you know, a friend of mine, Dion, you know, Dion from the Belmonts, you guys know Dion and the Belmonts way back when? That's way back then. Way back then. Is that at the time of Friends of Distinction, who I love so much too? 
Amen. Or is that, that around there? Yeah. yeah. He told me, he said, you know, you start a band, you start a singing group, you start a bunch, and you think everybody's on board where you're at. They're not. They're all in it for different reasons, maybe. They all have different different brain cells. Big disappointment. But, you know, uh, I think that, you know, the, the, the fellows in my band, they, they thought I was a little crazy because I never I never once thought this was work. I mean, this was a joyous experience to be able to write a song, record a song, have people love the song, go out and play the song. Oh, my God, what a terrible thing. They thought it was work, some of them, you know, and so they 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 they, they, they rebelled for a number of reasons. And, you know, like that's their business. I, I chose not to put any of that in the book. Who cares? Like I say, it's the story of every group out there. It's not just our story. It's the story of every partnership out there. Every team, right? Yeah, many marriages, same thing, you know. You lose the path and you start, you know, going downhill. Uh, we know the answer to that because we studied. We know. there, there is There is a common ground. If you have that common ground, you'll be all right. If you don't have that common ground, well, that's what we have prayer for. Because you're gonna have a tough time. Do you do a lot of prayer? I'm sorry to ask you such a personal question, but do you? Well, it's a meditation. You, you know, the meditation. Yeah, is yeah the meditation. Same thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I try to stay. I, I try to stay on the good side. <laughs> Amen. You know, because it's all about connection. You know, that's what it is. I mean, that's that's what my teacher taught me. It's all about connecting. You know, that's what yoga means. The union. You want to connect. I stay connected as much as I can. When I go on stage, before I go on stage, I connect. You can tell, you're 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 such an old soul. I think when uh, when the creator said, "Oh my God, this one's coming in," you know, you were probably evaluated as a senior soul at that point. You were like, "Are you sure you want to come in? Are you sure you want to come in?" You're like, "Yeah, I want to come in." You know, it's so simple. It's so simple. Connect. It's there anyway. If you want to keep denying it, it's okay. It's still there. Why not connect? Are you worried for musicians today? Are you worried for musicians? I'm worried for everybody today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, a lot of people ask, ask me that, you know, will you ever see another Michael Jackson or a Prince or a Beatle? Yeah, you will. You know, the, 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 the God uh, takes care of, uh, you know, uh, special people are special, period. You know, and uh, they, they'll, they'll, they'll be here. And they'll be coming and, 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 and they'll take over like, you know, basically the music industry. You know, I mean, look, look at the some of the people who are out there now. Now, when Taylor Swift came out in Nashville, you know, I looked and I said, what? Are you kidding? Do you have any idea the power this woman has? I mean, it's incredible. No, no, no one can control that. That's that's not a man made. I don't believe that's a man made uh, thing. I think that's, you know, made in heaven. Or wherever you make superstars, there's going to be a lot more. Are you okay with streaming, exclusive streaming, rather than the ownership of like buying somebody's record or CD? Or I notice a shift toward all streaming. What do you? Where are you at about that? Well, no, you know that's that's an interesting thing because as I say, you know, I, I just completed well, I just completed an album. It took me two years to get vinyl pressing. Because there's not a lot of pressing plants. And I said to my manager, I said, why vinyl pressing? Because that's what people are buying. I said, you're kidding me. I didn't know that. 
They, really? You look at the numbers, you'll be amazed at the resurgence of that old, old technology. Well, okay, so, you know, people say, well, why is that? Well, the... the, the I thought for DJs. I thought it's mostly for DJs and special events. No, man, you... No? You, so no? It, it took two years, two years to get a pressing plant to because there's very few... And they're all busy doing, you know, like the big hits because big stars, are, you know, they're, they're, they're buying CDs. All the kids are buying CDs. The one reason that they say is because it sounds better. But I got a different reason. I think it's because people want to have this thing to put in their hand. They're sick and tired of having the ones and the O's on my little phone. Well, what is it? You don't own anything. It's in here. I think they like that box. I don't know if the record companies like it, but I heard <laughs> the streamers like it. But I know that the artists and the and the and the actual audience and the CDs are almost it. a thing of the past. It's vinyl mm -hmm. and streaming now. What's next? I don't know, but it's exciting. I know what's next. Can I tell you? It's between us only. There you go. Holographic. Oh yeah. Holography. I can right? imagine what my holograph is going to look like. Oh boy! <laughs> before you go, before we, before we uh, adjourn, sir. Two things. One, I laughed very hard on page one hundred three when you said that you went, you were stationed to go play in North Carolina, which is where I live, with Neil Diamond and Iggy Pop, and nobody showed up. How the heck did that happen? That was very funny. <laughs> That's insane. I'll, t I'll tell you how it happened. Uh, and, and you know, like I may be wrong. I think somebody wanted a tax loss. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we played anyway, because God forbid those people who want the tax loss. So, well, we're not paying you because you didn't play. We all play. Yeah, that nobody smart. can. You must have talked to Tommy James about that. <laughs> oh, yes. Tommy's a dear friend. And, yeah. Uh, and I respect him. Very, very much. He's, he's oh my a good god! Man. He went through. He went through well, what he went through. Everybody should also know about with me, the mob, and the music. That was a wild. I understand there might be a movie with that soon. Uh, I hope so. I know he's been working on it for a while. I hope. To, I hope it comes to pass. And the last thing I wanted to ask you about the uh, good loving, which was known is known all over the world, still available. You found that piece in a bin. Is that correct? You did. Or someone in your band did that. That is a remake, is it? Oh yes. The Olympics. The Olympics wrote that. Nobody would play it or get it out there. How tell tell the story about that? This is very interesting. About it actually goes back to the fact that there was a segregation, right? There's a segregation. Well, in that's terms part of forming and and playing and all that. Share a little bit about that. Before well, that's we part of it. I mean, if you, if 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 uh, somebody really wants to find out about that, there's a documentary just came out about Little Richard. That if you haven't seen, you should see. I will. It, it's it's a CNN broadcasted it, but you know it explains the whole thing you're just talking about with. Uh, what he went up against and Pat Boone ended up recording his songs, you know, which I hate to just what happened is very simple. In the old days, olden days, the clubs didn't want any new songs. They wanted all what they call covers, top 40 music. You want to play in my club? You play what the people know on the radio. I went way out of my way to find songs that I could prove to them were on the radio 
that maybe they don't know, but I would buy the 45 and show the guy this was recorded by somebody. It's not ours. And that's how we found Good Love, and that's how we found Mustang Sally. That's how we found Land of a Thousand Dances. That's how we, we, we put those all in our repertoire. They would not allow us to do originals. This is before, just before Beatles and all those things we were talking about, about the people who wrote their own music, Bob Dylan, et cetera. So I found a great song. We played it on stage. From the first time we played it, people jumped out of their seats and danced. That's a hit. Wow. When you've got an audience, they tell you right away. It's, it's kind of like following the flow of the market will tell you what it wants. Yeah. The market. And the market are the people who listen, you know, and if they like it, chances are people like it all over, you know, and if they don't like it, stop playing it. <laughs> are you touring again? Or I know you're releasing then and now. Then and now. What's, what's your tour schedule like? What's happening? Well, we FelixCavalieriMusic.com is, 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 is highlighting the, the, the shows. Uh, mostly in October, we're going, I think we're going to Pittsburgh, and then we're going to Massachusetts. And then we've got some, there's, there's a big thing today is that a lot of people, they have private parties, and they hire us to come and rock and roll in their backyard. I love it. I love it. That's very, that's very charming. Very nice. And you're alive to do it and well to do it. And why not? Well, that's important to be alive and well. Yes. <laughs> I know singing from heaven can be a little complicated. It could be a little so. difficult. Although the holograms, as you say, that's that's the, they're, they're doing it. I don't know how people like that. You ought to do a, a poll and see if people like seeing Elvis when he's not there. You know, holographic technology, um, 45 years ago, the military did all kinds of patents on it. So when Nature came out with their magazine, one of their top people that said, oh, we're this far in holographic technology, I already knew before, way before that how far along it was. Sound, light, CGI, the whole thing. So I think it would be very interesting, of course, if somebody has passed, it would be interesting to, to have it on stage. I know they've done some trials. They've done some concerts. I think one with Michael Jackson and I think... Uh, with other people out of Europe, but uh, it would be very interesting. I, it's, I, I think if we can stay well and alive, we'll see in the next five years holographic technology. Um, hopefully um, we can enter public spaces and celebrate music together like we have with your music and others in your field. Well, that would be really something. We need more of that. We need more of that desperately to bring people together. Live music is, is alive and well. It's good. People still realize that, you know, like they, they enjoy that energy that you get one-on-one, -on -one, you know. Uh, I, I, I don't think that'll ever go away, you know. I, I think that it's nice to be able to broadcast it all over the world. But I recently saw a concert on Apple Music, uh, 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 this this uh, Nigerian singer, Burna Boy. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I've heard about him. I haven't heard him, but I've heard of him. He filled the entire Wembley Stadium. Wow. Not only did he fill the stadium, they knew every single word he sang. And I'm talking about rap words. Rap words are very hard. I mean, they it, it's 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 still alive and well, believe me. Thank God. Thank God. Even post even post COVID, it's still alive and well. And I want it to keep going no matter what happens because we need it. Yeah, I I think you're helping out here. You've got some interesting concepts of, of the world, and I'm going to have to tune into your podcast, find out a little bit more about you. God help me. God help you. <laughs>
Well, there's three words I always say to children, and they always start laughing and they smile. I say, hello, da-da-da, and then I go, it's rainmaking time, and big smiles come on their face, so it means together good things great things happen it's well i'm going to check that out honor. That, that's really cool no no pleasure seriously and an honor. i appreciate your uh your your tuning into the entire universe i like that it's it's rare you. you know thank appreciate you. it and, and you. It, bless you thank you for your for your profound contribution as a human being as a soul and in the work and in the field that you're in and what you're putting out, it really, we need it more than ever. Thank you so much, Felix. Well, right back at you. As you well know, you. that's what we're here for. Yeah. God bless you. It's rainmaking time. You're welcome on any time. If there's any other things you'd like to discuss. All right. Well, hey, God bless yes. you. Thank you so much yes. for your time. Thank Appreciate you so much for your time. Stay well. Stay well. Keep bringing the love and the light. Thank you.